you know you need to type that because I will forget immediately. This is true. This is true. As soon as I start talking. I so don't like her voice. You don't like her voice at all? No. It I also like the snot thing is so much worse. Oh my god. god. Yo, I, I was give... like gagging. That's not endearing at all. I was just like, okay, between the angles, like when they, especially when they do a side profile and her snots come, I'm like, yo, I need a bath. This is disgusting. Why don't you give her a tissue? Like several tissues. Just give her a box. Just she be- knocked out because she kept her mouth shut and her, she's got so much snot in her nose. She was knocked out. Just so you know, uh, when you get loud, it, the audio cuts out. So oh, okay. you might want to. Yeah. I don't. I know it's gonna be difficult, but temper your enthusiasm just a little bit. Otherwise, there'll be parts where the audience won't be able to hear you. All um, right. Okay, let me just start now so we can keep most of this. Yes. Hello and welcome to episode eighty-five of Dropping the X, an unofficial Hunter Hunter podcast. And I think that's the first time in like fifteen episodes I said that without pausing. So yay for me! I am Dame Doctor Foxy Brown. Your main host of the show. I am joined by Ed the Crimson. Yeah, um, what's happening, Podcast Land? Minus Diego, which has to be like the fifteenth episode this has happened. Uh, so instead, we're going to be joined by Seraph from such podcasts as he's about to say because I don't remember. <laughs> uh, Morphin Bracers and the Akari Guest. Hello, everybody. Good. So today we're going to be discussing episode one hundred and three of the podcast check and mate mostly because the news that came out this week was fake so or um unconfirmed whatever so whatever yeah let's just assume disappointment yeah don't get your hopes up if you've been reading stuff um as of recording which would be today obviously it has yet to be confirmed as a thing that's actually going to happen so just take it as no tagashi doesn't care about you or your feelings and will not be writing the manga for now. Yeah, because one leaker said, like, oh, it's coming back. And then the guy who's always leaking things was like, I don't know who that guy was. <laughs> and no. I like how it happened to, to uh, us as a fandom, like, twice mm-hmm. in a week. That's yep. awesome. Mm-hmm. So, at the end of episode 102, we left off with Kamugi walking in the room. Um, this episode begins with her continuing to walk in the room, which is awesome because they faked me out at the very beginning by not having her talk when I thought she would. And then they went to, um, the theme song. So, we have him learning to play Gungi in this episode, The King, that is. And I, my favorite thing about this is that I was pronouncing Gungi correctly the whole time. That's like the first time that's ever happened for me. Um, secondly, they don't do very much explaining of what's going on in the game. It's just like, yeah, they don't. No, they're just like archer on four, four, one, fortress on three, two, zero, shinobi on four, four, three, you know, like pawn on six, five, seven. What I was trying to figure out is like, is each white piece different, or like once they stack, do they become another character? Like, I think... I have no idea. It felt like once they stacked, they became different. I couldn't tell. Cause I was... But they do have different kanji in each of them, so yeah. I have no idea. And or is also, it like... like... He had some that mm-hmm. was... Or she had some that... Whatever. They were stacked on each other's pieces. Yes. Right. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't know what was happening. So um... it was like an Oreo? And yeah. I was... I don't, I don't know. Nobody's explaining anything to me. Plus, the narrator spoke like halfway through the show, and I was just confused and um, sort of scared. I had to check to make sure. It's only been like nine minutes. Why are you talking, guy? Um, so, the episode bounces back and forth between Kumugi and the King playing Gungi. Yes. Gone, Knuckle, and Shoot um, having their little meetup where Gone is trying to convince Maloran, who's not appearing, that Knuckle is completely cool and that he should hook up with him. And also there's Chitu and Morao fighting yes. uh, with Leol trying to execute his little 
plan, I guess, um, to beat everyone. And we get the girl's name, which is Hiran, I think. Yes. Um, who is pregnant with the Nen. So yes. There's that. Nen Prego, yeah. Um, so that's sort of a quick breakdown of what's happening in the episode. Um, obviously, we get a new character here in Kamugi, which we all know is going to be very important um, throughout the rest of this arc, sort of hinted at in the ending theme. Uh, she speaks. She got a, a signed a voice actress last week, which I think we talked about, but I've already forgotten who she was. Me too. Um, so I mentioned before we started that I didn't really like her voice, and it's partly because she doesn't sound stuffed up. Which I thought was odd. Like, if you're playing a character that clearly has um, sinus deficiencies, um, some shit going on with her nose, and she can't, she can only breathe through her mouth, but yeah, she doesn't sound, she doesn't speak as though she's impeded yes. at all, which is strange. I don't know if that's a, a directorial choice or like she wasn't written as sounding weird, so they just didn't do it. Um, she does have a funny way of speaking, um, in that she seems to not know words, which is, yeah. I think is another thing that's supposed to be endearing, but it's just like, okay, I'm a bumbling idiot until I sit down and I start playing this game. What I, I did sort of like that I forgot about her is that, um, not, I didn't forget that she was blind, obviously, because mm-hmm. the cane. I remember that she was blind. I didn't remember that she doesn't open her eyes until she plays, um, that she's on to play Gungi. And I like that she offered the king to close her eyes if they looked weird. And I'm like, okay, I've seen blind people. Sometimes, um, the ones that have the particular haze over their eyes is kind of weird to look at. Yeah, right. Um, and obviously, it doesn't matter. Like, screw my feelings. It doesn't matter if I'm uncomfortable in a blind person's eyes. They're their eyes. They can have them open or closed if they want to. Um, but she does offer to close them, and he's like, why would you think I would care about something like that? Like, look at me. I'm a monster in a hat. Yes. <laughs> doesn't matter to me. Like, my tail is waving over <laughs> your head right now. I might cut off your head, and you won't even see it coming. It's the best. Um, so... That I thought was cool, and as soon as she opens her eyes, obviously, he realizes, hang on, there's something different um, about the situation. And, um, God, what's his name? I always forget him. Pufu. Pufu, yeah. Had mentioned that, and I didn't pay attention to this one, episode 102. He'd mentioned that um, they had a bunch of international tournaments, and that East Corto had never lost. And uh, this person that's coming to play is, I think, the third different champion they've had. Yeah, uh, but she's five-time world champion. Yeah. In a row. So. She got the dynasty. She's like the preeminent um, Gungi player in the world. So they've lucked out in this situation. And she's probably undefeated, as I would imagine. Um, so... Like you guys said, when she first sat down to play, he was still reading the manual. So he's just like, I think she was introducing herself or whatever, and he's just like, okay, shut up. Keep your mouth closed. I'm reading. I'll be done in a few. And when he finally finishes, he's like, okay, I got this. I pushed the book away. She's like, leaned over on the floor. She's flailing on the floor, like, like a dead fish, just like flopping. It's like, what's wrong with her? And, and Poofu was just like, um, I think when you told her to close her mouth, she took it literally, and she forgot that she can't breathe through her nose, so she passed out. And they they get her up, and she's just like, oh, that was embarrassing. I'm so sorry. Let's play. And I can't do things a baby can do. Yeah, it's like, it's it's terrible. I, my parents yell at me all the time. And that's the other thing, like, with her voice, 
I realized that the character's supposed to be much younger than I initially thought the character was. Which is also strange because of other reasons. Um, yes, other things. Yeah, that makes it additionally creepy. Before I was fine with it. Now it's sort of creepy. Um, mm-hmm. Then they start playing. And then the thing cuts away. Because we don't need to know what's going on in this game. Um, at all. Yeah. I would like to mention, uh, b- before we got to that, where uh, uh, Knuckle is, uh, like, uh, Meloron and uh, Knuckle, like, uh, I guess, the how that's going. Yeah. The, the, the... Knuckle's just being himself, like, just being, like, like, just being, like, super rough, tough guy. Um, fucking Yankee. Um, and then, like, Meloron's like, no. <laughs> Who is this guy? What is he doing? He's in the wrong show. He's in the wrong era. What is he doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love how he pointed that out. <laughs> I also like that he points out that Shoot has no eyebrows. I thought it was the only person that noticed yes. that. <laughs> it's like, this guy has no eyebrows. It doesn't look like he trusts anybody. He's shifty. And then all the pound puppies come after Knuckle. <laughs> and, and Knuckle tries to play it off at first. Like, oh, it's nothing. No, yeah, they, they just strays. They still have collars. <laughs> it's like, I don't care about these dogs. I just tried to feed them because they were hungry and all their owners were dead. And there were some other ones that were really skinny and wouldn't eat because they're so prideful. And these dogs, there were also these dogs that wouldn't leave the homes because they're so loyal. But what's wrong with taking care of, of um, the ones that will accept my help? And I think Shoot is like, dude, you don't have to cry. Why He's like, <laughs> shut up. I'm not crying. <laughs> and Laura is in the background crying. Yes. It's like this one and dare you to me. Uh, <laughs> like, but you... It's like this guy's the best guy, but I don't trust him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still gonna take more before I can trust him. It's like you're you're here weeping, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you can admit that you like him, it's fine. Yes. Um, meanwhile, Morale, like he mentioned in, in the past episode, but I don't think he named his technique, has been spreading um deep purple around um the town of Beijing, which is mm-hmm. least inventive name ever yes. um this the deep purple is taken the form of soldiers basically yeah um yeah. like ninjas that are human-ish enough that um even if nefropito were to sense them with his end he wouldn't be able to distinguish that um they're not human. Yes. So while he's doing that and running in the air alongside them, um, Chitu shows up and is like, I've been looking for you. And all the Nen is radiating off of him. And he's like, ah, okay, you seem to be stronger and also not attached to Knuckles Nen. So I take it there's someone here that's a Nen remover. And as we've learned from previous arcs, whenever there's a Nen remover, that means trouble. Yes. Yes. Because, like, if if you're the way you use your Nen is that your Nen kills somebody over time or doesn't just explode them, like, a Nen remover can stop that from happening. Yep. Of course, as we know, Knuckles' Nen is eventually, after being attached to you for so long, supposed to transform into a second version, which closes off your ability to use your Nen for 30 days. And that in itself, had it been allowed to work, would have eliminated Chitu as a threat. But now that that's not a part of the situation, and he's learned a Nen technique on top of that, uh, things could be tricky with him. And he goes ahead and he traps... Um, Morale. Morale in a virtual room, basically, in wherever space. And he has this this giant hourglass. And he's like, okay, now we're going to play tag. And Morale is like, no. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not just tag for like a little bit. It's eight hours. (laughs) Eight hours of tag. Like, you have eight hours to touch me or you're not going to leave here. And he's like, okay. And he goes over to the wall and he tests it. Well, not the wall, but like the end of sight. Yes. And he touches it and it turns out that it, it's it's solid like a wall. Um, 
So he's like, yeah, this isn't that strong. If I had my net, if I release the purple, then I could easily break this. But I can't risk releasing that um, because of other reasons. And because yeah, uh, when he releases deep purple, the the Nen has to actually go back to him. Mm-hmm. It, like, yeah, like the smoke and the Nen runs back to him. But if the like this Nen room that they're in is constructed uh, well enough, it will just block his Nen and his Nen will just be floating everywhere and he'll have released uh, deep purple for nothing. Yep. So he decides, okay, other plan. And I love that he just walks up to the um, the hourglass and touches it. Like, okay, this seems solid. And he just takes his pipe and tries to shatter it. Yes, I'm like, yes. that seems like that would be what I would think of. Because obviously, having seen Chitu and the fact that Chitu basically, when he realized that he couldn't win the fight because he had no idea what the hell um, APR was, he just ran away. Yes. And he was already troublesome to deal with because of how quick he was. So, yeah, the whole catch me if you can thing sort of works out with his abilities because he's generally fast enough to stay away from you. Which would just make the whole thing annoying. And then he just, like, sits down and is like, screw this. And Chisu's like, what do you mean you're not going to play the game? Like, I, I don't want to play. And besides, what happens if I don't play? Like, if the eight hours is up and I don't touch you? And he just responds that he doesn't have to answer that question, which Morale interprets as, okay, you don't know what's going to happen, so I don't care for now. And he pretty much just, like, takes a nap, or fakes like he's taking a nap. And Chitu starts getting pissed. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he has all of the salt. Because he, he did, like, this elaborate thing. He, like, he entered this, like, agreement with Leol, went back to the king and the royal guard, learned this ability, does all this just so he can beat uh, either Morale or Knuckle. And then now he's like, nah, I'm going to sleep. Yeah, I care about you. So, as we can see from the preview, obviously, he doesn't take this that well. And clearly... um opts to attack Raul rather than play keep away. Yes. Which is actually great because Moral said to himself that this is not a test of speed. This is about uh, mental fortitude. So Moral's just playing with him now. And it kind of seems to like someone gave him this power rather than he thought of it himself. Because mm-hmm. usually when you're thinking of um, an ability, you, you try to come up with something that best suits your natural talent and also mm-hmm. would force the next person to go to go along with what you want um which in this situation there's nothing to really compel the person to chase chitu for eight hours other than like if someone like gone had gotten stuck in it and he's like okay now you have to catch me and gone would probably have just been like okay and then ran after him for eight hours yep or until he figured out all right, this isn't working. Let me think of something else, which would probably be at the six, seven hour mark. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like Chitu just, like, with the ways he's encountered people with Nen, he just figured that the best way to use Nen is to make, like, some kind of complicated setup. Yep. Where to, like, to kill somebody is, like, the best way rather than just, like, having. Uh, like a regular attack mm-hmm. and I feel like that's how he thought that up if he did think it up yeah I mean it's possible that he, he thought it up himself but because he doesn't fully understand Nen it probably wasn't properly explained to him Yes, he wouldn't have been able to conceptualize a power that would work to his best benefit because honestly I don't think they all or Neferpedo are particularly invested in Chitu being as strong as he could be. No, not at all. Um. Another part of what's going on is also that um, Nov is in Beijing, and he's realized that Morale and Chitu have disappeared, because I guess he was looking at them. And he is... I don't know what he's doing exactly, but he's running, I guess, looking for them. 
and he noticed that Deep Purple is still on, so uh, Morao isn't dead, or and hasn't recalled his men. And he's being followed by one of the little dragonflies. And From I think his name is Hagia. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. And Hagia is communicating to Leol that there's this other guy here um, that doesn't belong, and we should probably take him out. And Leol is like, okay, but I need nobody to know what my nan ability is, because that's my trump card. And also, Hiran can't do anything, because she's currently pregnant with Nen. So right. I need reinforcements. And he, he makes a phone call to his bosom buddy, Nefropito, who was just like, well, I can't leave where I'm at. And we kind of don't want to be interrupted. And the king is playing his little game. As long as that's going on, you can do whatever it is that you want. But as soon as he's finished, he's going to want to take care of everything himself. So make sure you clean this up, or he's just going to go crazy killing everything. Because I'm not going to stop him. You can try if you want. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just going to sit over here and say the king, tell the king that he's the best. And he should do whatever he wants. I mean, if anybody knows that that's the right course of action, it's Nefropito, who the king has already tried to behead. In like, <laughs> yes. In like the first day of being alive. So, um, Nefropito sends um, two ants to help. One is a, a guy I swear I've seen before. Um, Perhaps. The more, Maybe somewhere. The horse one? The no, looking? the more insectoid looking one. Oh, okay. That was uh, the lobster guy? I think so. Yeah. It's like a lobster. Yeah, there was a lobster. Thing. There was a lobster and a wolf. Yeah. I remember it. I definitely feel like I've seen the lobster before. The wolf I've seen before because I've seen him before. But I I don't remember him in the course of the anime. Um, So those two are supposed to help out um, Leo with Nov. And then back to Gungi. Because I think that's the only thing left. Yeah. I'm see. very surprised the king doesn't just flip the whole board over or like hit her in the face with it. Like he just, mm-hmm. every time he loses, he just casually like dumps all his pieces on the table. Like, I just like that he's like, well, I lost. Throw everything on the table. Like, I don't know if that's what you're supposed to do, but I like that he does that. I, it, it's also sort of cool that he realizes when he loses and he doesn't let it because she never makes it I think to say check um, or maybe that's not a part of the game he determines for himself that he's lost mm-hmm. right I think usually in, in games like this the winner even if they don't say you know like I win they say the thing mm-hmm. signifies a win like um, check checkmate or uno mm-hmm. if you prefer right um, so he's kind of, he's obviously figuring the game out as he goes, but not very well. Um, cause it took him in one of the matches, I think he specifically says that it was like 140, 144 moves, um, in the game. Right. Yeah. That last game that he, right there at the end of the episode. That he thought he had her. Yeah. He thought he had her. And then he was just like, but then she was making basic movements and then all of a sudden, this one piece control, like she hadn't used it, and all of a sudden it's controlling the entire board, and I don't get it. The only way she could have done that was if she knew what I was going to do from the very beginning, and I so. can't deal with this. And Poofu was in the background, like, I don't like the way this is going. Yeah. Yeah, because he's worried that the king's about to have a temper tantrum all over his face. Um, usually at this point, um, the king, the king initially thought it was going to take five or six games before he would catch on to the point where he'd be able to beat her. And it's clear that um, she's been to- not toying, because she doesn't seem to have a malicious personality. No, not at all. But she's just been humoring him up to this point. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, little baby, you want to play? Fine. At the very beginning, she in the first games, she was only using very basic beginner-type movements. Probably stuff that was detailed in the manual that he read. So he initially saw that as like, okay, you know that I'm a beginner. Not that you're taking it easy on me, but you're not going to show me how good you are. And he has to sort of work up to the point where she's challenged sufficiently that she starts to bring out the big guns. But still not really. Yeah. It's still sort of humoring a child, basically. Mm-hmm. 
like he he doesn't exactly know how far the rabbit hole goes with the with gameplay and Gungi. Yep. But he thinks he's reaching the zenith. Yeah, he's just like it's, it'll just be a couple more games. I'll push her to where she has to show me what she's got, and I'm just like, you don't even want that. You think you want that. Mm-hmm. You, you think that's what you want, but really, that's just that just leads to despair, sir. And you clearly don't do very well with de- with emotions. So, not at all. No, not at all. So we we need you to stay as far away from that as possible. And uh, at one point, UP comes in the room, and like I just like his feet. Yes. Like they don't his little paws. Yeah. They, they don't seem like they would support his upper body very well, <laughs> but. They also seem practical, I guess. I can't remember yes. what he came in there to say. Oh, that the the Go player had killed himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the guy who was like, I need I need eight hours of sleep, and I need medicine, and I need Tylenol, and blah blah blah, and I can't play right now. I'm also and surprised you can read. Yeah, he hung he hung himself if I remember correctly. Yeah, they said. And um, because he'd initially sent um Kamugi away, it's mm, like right. it's like okay, I've had enough of you. Go get some rest. She's like, no, I can, I can play for three games in a row. That three days in a row, that's my record. And he's like, yeah, that's dumb. Go get some sleep. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then once he finds out that that uh, the go player killed himself, he smiles when he says, "The most the evil idiot. phase." Like, yes, bring that retard back, back. to me. Exactly. <laughs> so she, just... she's just happy to be. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. she, she mentions it later, but like. Gungi is like her reason for living, so she's happy um, to be playing against him. Even though, like, she's like when they first start speaking, she's like, "Hey, you don't sound like the supreme leader," and he's like, "Yeah, because he's dead, and I'm the king now." And she just takes mm-hmm. that. She's like, "Okay, fine. I don't care. I like playing with you, supreme leader." Yes, yes. And I like that she she very much sort of rolls with the punches. And that may may be because um, outside of the game, intellectually, she's not much to be reckoned with. So she's just yeah. like, well, you say you're the king, and you probably murdered the last guy. Um, So I'll just do whatever it is that you say. I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, do, I love her. Like, I think, like, if she could uh, see... She might be able to handle watching Aquarion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? You could like your fist is a flower. Yeah, okay. All right. Thing. (laughs) And and I love the fact that how well she rolled with everything during the match and just being so kind, even though the nose is dripping. Oh. And and another thing to mention, um, I don't remember how long it takes him to figure it out, but she's sort of teaching him how to play yes. Yes. as the, the matches are progressing, which I think is really awesome and, like, really in your worst possible interest because she, I don't remember if he said that once he wins he's going to kill her um, or he hasn't said it yet not yet, not to her. but we know yeah. that yeah. he's probably just going to kill, kill her he's, he said that to the guy he played go with he said it's the guy he played shogi with basically right. once he wins you're of no more use to him so he's gonna kill you and at this point she doesn't know that she's playing against the monster um because she can't see. obviously she's blind they haven't touched each other at all um up i'm pretty sure didn't touch her when she came in the room right. um i don't know if he touched her beforehand because obviously that's never depicted so she doesn't know that they're not human um, i want to see a picture of them walking hand in hand like him just holding her hand they're walking down a hallway <laughs> giant so yeah she's very tiny even compared to the king who is quite a short fellow um yeah so it, it's sort of interesting that this this storyline can really only play out because she's a blind character she obviously doesn't know that they're monsters uh, the other two guys, it's obvious that they were intimidated um, by the fact that, okay, there are these superhuman ants that have already threatened to kill me at this point and are speaking human language. So I don't even know what to do with any of this knowledge. And it was he found it was very easy to throw them off their game, I think partially because they were already intimidated before it even started. But be- because she's not aware of who he is beyond that he's the king now... Um, that doesn't really factor in, and 
because of how the story progresses that I even though she has that kind of roll with the punches personality, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure she would have walked in the room, seen the four of them, and been like okay, I feel totally comfortable sitting down and playing a board game with you guys. This <laughs> yes. seems like fun. Let's no. let's get some beers, have some barbecue, and let's make a whole event of it. It, it would have been hilarious because of the fact that um, compared to, that she wouldn't even have her, I guess you could say poker face when she opens her eyes to actually play Go, if she could actually see them. Yeah. She, probably wouldn't have been able to have that face yeah. and like kind of strike give that impression to the king like whoa okay yeah i do love that he was like the entire like the entire feeling in the room has changed by her opening her eyes like i like that like him as the super powerful the best guy was like whoa wait what's happening here yeah he he was kind of taken aback and i think mm-hmm. it, it's because um if you remember all the way back in um, Yorkshire, when they were talking to um, Zipile about his fakes that he'd made and how, um, and I think it was also, it was a lesson that they learned in the prior arc where Nen is present in the everyday world and manifests itself in other ways other than, you know, um, superpowers. Right. Uh, people who are geniuses and who who are um, very talented and skilled at certain things, that's also a, a form of manifestation of Nen. So, obviously, at that point when she opened her eyes, he recognized in her the same thing that people see on the battlefield when there's a person that you thought was weak, and you had already, you had already prejudged them as, okay, this isn't going to be any problem. Like, they may get in a punch or two, but I'm going to kill them in, like, 30 seconds, and then they open up the floodgates, turn Zetsu off, and you're just like, holy fuck, I have severely underestimated what is about to happen to me, and I don't know what to do. And obviously the king is a much stronger guy than that. So, right. And also, it's a game, so he has, he has no reason to be in fear for his life. But he just, like, he had obviously, I mean, you know, he thinks all humans are weak, but this is an exceptionally weak human. Um, she obviously has the sinus problem. She has the the blindness, and she also has, I think, another generic illness. Essentially, I mean, she has some kind of a uh, weakness with her legs or bones or something because she uses a walking cane. Right. I mean, that also. Well, no, I think that's mostly for the blindness. Because you're blind, but I think yeah, she does. She was tapping it. She wasn't like yeah. using it like a crutch. She had. I think she does have a generic illness. Um, okay coughing up blood disease mm-hmm. um ah. so she or she automatically presents as this creature that you have no reason to be afraid of and then the game starts and it's a completely different story you guys could have picked up like <laughs> <laughs> wow you see, I was stopping myself from laughing. <laughs> Same so, here. Sorry. Yeah. Something else would have been picked up. Uh, one thing I would have to say about this episode about the king that I am starting to think that is really big with him is that he's beating all these champions to prove himself as the best. And I think in some way he's addicted to that, which also makes... Um, uh, Kamugi, Kamugi, so dangerous to him. Yeah, because he's like he's beating all these champions after you know reading, you know the rule books and some the basic strategies and whatnot, and then you know he beats them and he kills them. This is actually a challenge for him, and he likes being the best. Well, he was born to be the best. Yeah, exactly. he was born yeah. exactly to be the best, yeah. Oh, also good to note, I don't think we've ever noted, that uh, this is Seraph's first time through Hunter x Hunter, watching the anime. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. neat. Yeah. Have you have you read the manga at all? No, just uh, uh, chapters here and there, so I actually... Oh, so like, you actually don't know what's going to happen? 
No, I don't. Uh, which actually makes it very exciting for me. That is cool. I, I obviously this arc, not obviously, but to me, an edit is it's it's handled differently from the way it would typically be handled um, in a different manga. So we will try to remember to get back to you when this ends to to see how you feel about it. Um, Definitely. And I do like that that like you mentioned that he's obviously addicted to beating the best, um, to asserting himself as champion. And here, uh, when Pufu realizes that this is going to be a problem, um, it's related to that. That he won't be able to beat this woman as quickly as he's been able to beat the others. And right. that will begin to grate on him and could severely alter his behavior. And there's like, is it six more days left? Yeah, six more days. They said. So uh, was it the, so the review? The selection, yeah. The the selection. There we go. Selection. So six more days until he's about to get more powerful. Six more days until um, the chairman's plan is about to be put into action. So there's a lot of stuff coming to a head, and he's getting really fixated on this board game, and this could only end poorly. Which is like my favorite thing. Um, like I mentioned, of course, Kamugi is one of my favorite characters, hands down, just because of everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, without going into too much, what else did you particularly struck you about this episode, Ed? Hmm. I think it's mostly the king, like him, um, like his love of strategy, like it's like more indicative of him being a king, like you seeing that. Mm-hmm. So I guess like, cause uh, even like it's said that like in, uh, what is it, like, uh, like medieval times, kings played chess, you know, and uh, games like that to like prove themselves and like, uh, kind of uh, train their abilities as commanders. Mm-hmm. So seeing the king do that with like just all kinds of strategy board games, like anything he can get his hands on is uh, really cool to me. And I feel like this is like, like outside of him killing the guy at the end, probably the most civil we've seen him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of also a very human thing to do. Yes, not not yes. The, not the killing obviously mm-hmm. but the competition and the the fact that it's a it's a non-violent competition that he's exercising his brain and trying to prove himself as not only a better strategist than the other guy but he's trying to more than defeat the person he's trying to unsettle them yes, uh, right. which is something that could transfer very well um in battle. Yes. And I think it's really cool that it's more or less all about the bragging rights here. And he's sort of putting himself already, which is still towards the beginning of this arc, um, for him anyway, he's putting himself on more the human end um, than as outright a monster, despite being like the least, one of the least humanoids of, of all of the ants. Right, right. Which is a really interesting way of, of characterizing him. Mm-hmm. It's like all we know about him from the, from the hunter angle is, yo, if this guy levels up, humanity is doomed. Um, which is something that that's obviously a very pressing concern for the hunters. But for me, I just want to see them play more gungi. I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I just want, like, more Gungi. If they could give him more games. Yeah. Like, I just want him to, like, I want, I want, oh, my God. I want the Royal Guard to put, like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego in front of me? I was like, God damn it, I can't find her. <laughs> Who is this woman named Carmen? Bring her to me. Oh, my God. Why is she, why is she stolen my palace? How is she even here? <laughs> <laughs> This game was made before I was born. How'd she do that? <laughs> uh, 
I honestly want to see the king just like beat the hell out of Yuki Emoto <laughs> just once and then just oh, God. Pharaoh, you're no pharaoh here. Yes. But I mean there there's obviously endless possibility for the king to be funny um playing other video games. Uh, other board games, sorry. And also video games. Why not? Let's just bring, Yeah, that's too. Why let's not? just bring in Bimo, let him play game for um video games with Finn. I'm sure that'd make an awesome TV show. Yes. That would be great. Just him in Borderlands. <laughs> God. He just wouldn't be able to stop. They, they would walk in to defeat him and he'd just be sitting there playing. Like, mm-hmm. like whatever, just take whatever you want. I'm, I'm busy. Just leave my loot alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess um, we, we, we're still yet to get into the meat of morale and Chidu's battle. Yep. And that's that's a pretty fun fun one. There's a pretty wick, wicked shot in the preview of Chitsu mm-hmm. putting his hand through Morale. Yes. Mm-hmm. This looks awesome. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, right. He's a cat. Yep. Right. Yeah. You could do that. Which, yeah, because we never really, like, see him, like, really fight. Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen him punch stuff really fast, but, like, obviously to, like, uh, experienced hunters, like, he can't really hurt them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the most, like, the most that we've ever seen him cut anything were the, those fingers when he was um, just going through the towns earlier in the uh, arc. You know, he just, like, oh, those cops' fingers, chopped them all off, and was like, eh, da-da-da, ate some of them, and... How you gonna pull triggers with no fingers? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, one thing about uh, Komungi's voice, like you said, um, that... They didn't have her be stuffed up, but they had no problem with adding the snot sound. Oh yeah, like when she was like had like sniffles. Oh my god, I wanted to throw up. Like I was like, okay, that's just bad. And then they have that sound, and then they did the one side shot of her, and it's just going down. And I'm like, this is disgusting. Give her tissue. Like she has no self awareness. Like she can wipe that on her sleeve at this point. Just like wipe it off and just let the king stare at it for like five minutes. Just like you're not gonna. I don't know. Maybe that's what the king is uh, distracted by. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's why he can't play. Like him, Peter. So. It would also be nice if they explained uh, Grungi. Like. That I. I, I'm trying to remember if it just wasn't explained towards the beginning, and as it got more complicated, um, they started explaining things. Because I feel like towards the end of their game, um, yes. or their series of games, rather, because obviously mm-hmm. they've been playing more than one game. Like, towards the end, as the tactics got more and more complex, mm-hmm. things were being explained. Like I, like, I might be crazy, but I feel like I remember, like, an entire chapter of Gungi. Yeah, that that's how I that's yeah. how I feel. It was just them playing and like big blocks of text explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's probably just at the beginning when Sagashi was writing it, he's like, "Yeah, this is just a game like Go and Shogi mixed together with chess. Don't worry about it." And then he actually made up the rules for the game later yes, and right. detailed it in the chapters. Um, so I hopefully we get into the the meat of the game later. So you, you could actually be impressed by what's going on, especially since it's not it's not on kid show time anymore. So it's not like because if it was kid show time, they probably were like, yeah, this is probably too dense for kids. Mm-hmm. Like we just need to, yeah, he won, or no, he didn't. He keeps not winning because she's better. Yep. But since this is an adult time slot, I think they can get away with putting big blocks of text on the screen right or do like you know how they've explained everything like uh even in this episode where they explain um chitu's uh room they yep. could have done they could do that with uh and just explain the rules the pieces it, i think it would kind of be better if we got the explanation in small pieces rather than in one big info dump episode because it's 
had they been teaching us the game along with the king learning it, I think it would have been easier yeah. um, to pick up as you go. But of course, there's other stuff going on simultaneously. So if they dedicated basically the episode to mm -hmm. explaining everything every second, they'd sort of run out of time and you'd get less of the action-y stuff, which we have to admit there's a portion of the audience that's there for that. Yes. Right. So... Um, just hopefully we will get the explanations, even though I won't remember what any of it means. Yeah, do will we even get anything on a Killua next episode? He's unconscious, so no. Nope. I know that much. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, octopus guys taking him to secret underground Doctor Man. Yeah. Um, we still have to do morale. That's definitely the thing that's in the yes. preview, as well as mm -hmm. this game match thing is continuing. So, those two things for sure are in the next episode. Kill one might show up probably at the end. Because mm -hmm. um, they were trying to call him, which is the one thing we didn't mention. And Gon's like, yeah, he did say that he was going to call me and that I shouldn't call him. So, maybe he's just ignoring my phone calls because he's a dick. <laughs> or maybe yes. he's half dead. Whatever. Uh but that would never happen. Killo's my friend. And he's also my bestest friend. Yeah. So. Do you have uh, any more things about the episode? Deep thoughts? Yes. Deep thoughts. You could also use this moment to tell us your overall impressions of the series since you've never been on before. Uh, I love the show. It just progressively gets better and better and better. Um, every story, the stakes get higher. Uh, good, deep character development. Okay. I'm trying to think, uh, uh, Foxy, what's like the first arc that starts really starting to dig into what's Hunter, what Hunter Hunter is about? I mean, like, in, in the exam, mm -hmm. you kind of get the idea of... That is life okay. or death stakes. Mm -hmm. um, not until the, the tower do you sort of understand what what makes certain people way stronger than other people. Yes. Right. Okay, um, so Seraph, then were you th were you thinking about the show like before that point? Um, the Hunter exam, I was a good way to kind of ease in because it was a slow progression. I enjoyed it. I was really like starting to get into it. But by the time it hit the tower, I was like, wow, this is really good. It's great buildup. Then uh, York knew happened, and I was just like, okay, it's my crack now. Just, <laughs> just give me hits. Give me more. I literally, I think what I went through 40 episodes within the span of four days. Wow. So, and then just kept going through the series that way. I'm definitely like York New for me was a thing that was like, all right, this is my show. This is yes. my, this is my shit. This is what I've been waiting for this whole time, and I just didn't know. Because um, again, it even though up to this point in the anime, the main characters have never been in that level of danger where you sort of know that they may not survive this and part of it is luck part of it is main character disease part of it is plot armor um but it's always been there lurking in the background that anybody um at any moment could get killed right and that was sort of the lesson that it it showed you very early on i think by episode three uh when hisoka chopped that guy's arms off yes <laughs> That, yes. like, this isn't the series you think it is. And th at the very least, this guy and probably 20 or 40 other guys have no qualms with killing anyone, including children. Um, Especially children. For just bumping into them and not saying sorry. And I love the fact that the series continues to do that every so often with, you know, a major character death or something big happen. Heck, even... um. In the uh, Greed Island arc, 
the final battle between Genthru and Gon when Gon lost a hand, and I was just like, both Jesus hands. Christ. Both hands. Yeah, both hands, basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, that's like immediately eliminated by the fact that there's magic healing cards in the game. Mm-hmm. True. But, um, just that, that moment when he sacrifices his arms um, just in order to be Genthru is amazing. Yes. So, um, I think that's the end of the episode, episode 85. Um, thank you guys for listening. Again, obviously, you're, you're coming back despite the episodes not being released on time. Um, because Diego. Yes. You'll, Diego will one day do a thing, maybe. We'll make him apologize. Mm-hmm. So, thanks again for listening. If you want to find us, hxhpodcast.com is the website. Facebook.com slash HXHpodcast. Twitter.com slash HXHpodcast. Um, you can also send us a three minute, up to three minute voicemail at 954-324-7722. It's 954-324-SSAA. Um, so thank you guys again. Good night.